Hi, my friend. Welcome to the One Minute to Glory podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Alvarez. I love to tune in with you every week. This episode, I hope that you feel refreshed or that it sparks curiosity or perhaps even gives you a different outlook on life. But at least I hope that you get something out of it. So have a listen. In this episode, I will be interviewing my dear friend, Olivia Hudson, who is an incredible Christian woman. She's been married for 31 years. She has five children between the ages of 19 and 30 years old. She's a motivational speaker. She has been doing a retreat most recently in the Acapulco International Virtual Conference. She is the author of two books, Caring for the Inner Child and From Lemons to Lemonade. She holds two certifications for coaching. She's Certified Competent Communicator by Toastmaster International and the Life Disaster Relief Coach Certification through Fowler International Academy of Professional Coaching. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you Olivia Hudson. I wanted to share how I met you and the first impression that I had and why we now have this connection with each other. You came to a women's retreat, a women's conference, and you shared about a book that you had recently published. The title is Caring for the Child Within. You mentioned that we all have stories. We all have a past. And there's this little child within us that wants to speak speak to us. And if we don't acknowledge that child within, it's going to start expressing itself in various ways. It resonated with me, especially that, as you know, I've shared with you, I lost my mother when I was five years old. And I was at a time when you did that, that retreat, I had just become a mother for the second time, but to a daughter. And so here I was, the the little girl is now a mother. And so I'm all, it's kind of a full circle for me. And I knew that there was a part of me that needed more healing. It reminded me a little bit of that movie, The Color Purple with Oprah, when the sister, Nettie, was trying to reach Celia, I think. And she was sending all these letters and her abusive husband kind of were hiding them. And at some point, one letter reached her and she said, I just want to know. She had so many things to share about the things that had happened during all these years. But then she said, I just want you to know that I love you and I'm not dead. And, you know, there's that part, even though my mother had passed away, to me to approach you because that subject was really connecting with this part of me that needed healing still, you know, connecting with the little girl within that had lost her mother. I felt like that action to translate your book to French, which is my first language. So it's like me talking to my little girl within. It was just one way to tell her, you know, I love you, but I'm not ready. I'm not finished. But this one act, one action that I can do is translated a story about that very thing, you know, which is caring about your child within. So why did you write the book and what is the book about? I know that you mentioned a little bit in the book what it is about and why you wrote it, but I'd love to hear from you. So please tell us. 
Wow. Well, first, thank you, Alexandra, for having me on your podcast. Okay, so you asked me the questions were, what's the book about? And what prompted me to write the book? Mm -hmm. So the book is about my inner child, my process of caring for little Olivia. It was a painful process, but I'm definitely grateful that I went through it. It's my story. I'm not a therapist. I am not a trauma coach, nothing like that. It is my story. And I believe that our stories impact people's lives. So your story that you just shared, I'm impacted by listening to it. And that is the purpose of my book and sharing my story. I hope that it will impact someone else's life and their healing journey. And what prompted me was the second question. So I was having a conversation with a friend and as she's sharing about things going on in her life, I'm listening to her and I felt a bit helpless. You know, you speak with someone and there's so much sometimes that you want to do or say in order to help them with whatever pain or whatever uh, issue they are going through. So I didn't know how to help my friend in this situation. And so I brought out this, at the time, I did not know, manuscript to my book that I had written about two or three years before I gave it to my friend. Actually, one day I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was sitting down and I just sat there on all my healing process, all the therapists that I had seen, all of that. It was like a movie playing in my mind. So I literally just got pen and paper and started writing. And I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And then I was done and I put it away. And so I gave this manuscript to my friend, right? In order to help her. And she comes back days later and she says, you need to pu publish this book. And you see, I was like, okay. I took it from there and I went ahead and published it on a blog that I had created uh, where I was sharing different things that I was learning in my life. Well, after I published that blog, you know, the internet, things blow up very quickly and information gets around quickly. My mom calls me and she goes, so I heard that our family has now become public. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry that you had a horrible childhood. I tried to be the best mother I could be. And so I got really upset because mm -hmm. I'm hearing this and this was intended to help people, help women in particularly. And here's my mom feeling all kinds of ways about it. And so I asked her, mom, did you read it? And she goes, no. So I just got off the phone very calmly. I called a very close friend. We went on a walk and my friend said, Olivia, just print it out and send it to her. Mm -hmm. So I print it out in big letters because, you know, so she doesn't have to use her glasses mm -hmm. and mail it out. And then after she read it, she called me and she goes, hey, I have a couple things I want to add to this. <laughs> so she said, I would like to add that women should not stay in abusive relationships for the sake of their children. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is important to understand that you may think that you are doing the right thing for your children, but your children do get affected in ways that you will not even know. Mm-hmm. So I was blown away by that. And was she talking about herself? Yes. Yes, she was. And so she gave me full permission to put it on my blog. It was not a book yet. Mm-hmm. And when I put it on my blog and I had done some speaking engagements and I kept hearing the same theme as I spoke, their speaking engagement. And as I spoke to women, the healing that their little girls inside needed. And I know mm-hmm. there were a lot of books and the how-to, which I've read so many of them. There was therapy, right? So, because I went through a lot of that, the one thing that I wasn't hearing was someone telling their story to kind of give hope that, you know what? If I can do this, if I can go through this process, you can also do it. And that is how the book came about uh, now is an actual book that is published and is helping uh, many women, whether it's in Spanish, English, and French. Thank you, Olivia. Wow, this is really interesting because you mentioned the power of our story. So how was it for you to write even before you spoke to your friend or before just for yourself? What did it do to you to write the story when you had that vision that movie that you mentioned and then you started writing it how did you feel afterwards I think what it did for me honestly it allowed me to see how resilient I am Mm. it also opened my eyes to who I can be a little stubborn sometimes Mm. and and it also opened my eyes to seeing wow I was cared and taken care of by God in ways that I hadn't even seen. Resilient, because I saw how I was was able to bounce back, right? I went, it took me about 10 years of on and off in therapy to finally uh, get to the point of really facing that little girl within me. I was like talking to her but I really wasn't ready to really face her. And after I talk about stubbornness, because yes, it took me about 10 years. And um, and so for me, uh, uh, for me personally, that was impactful in writing that to be able to really see, wow, I actually am a brave, courageous woman that went on this journey of healing the little girl within her. Mm. Wow, this is really incredible. I love to hear about stories. I've been writing also part of my stories and then I wrote it in a different way and in a different way. And every time, I I think that the way we phrase and view our story is also very important and changing perspective. As we write, we start seeing things that we did not see, right? It's kind of like, instead of just in our memory. So it it brings clarity definitely to write it down. So you mentioned about healing and how hard it was to hear that little girl. 
What was your life like in Panama, where you grew up, and how can how did the the trauma that you experienced then affect the present life that you have today? Yes, Alexandra, I my life in Panama now, right? I look back, and I can say now, present self was not bad, right? Before, if you ask me, before all my healing. I would have said, oh my gosh, it was absolutely horrible. I look back now and I think, one, it wasn't bad. It did, however, uh, had a lot of pain and hurt. Taking care of my little Olivia, I was able, I'm able to now see the good things that were there growing up. But at that time, as I went through that process, there was just a lot of pain. And my dad, which by the way, is so amazing because at 78 years old, uh, which was last year at this time, my dad actually was able to confront his little boy inside of him wow. and make amazing changes, ask for forgiveness in areas of his life and in pain that he caused others. So it is amazing to see that, right? And, and it's exciting that I get to share that with you on this podcast, because I'm not sure if you knew that side of, no. of my story. No. And so growing up, it was definitely a lot of abuse. My dad was just, he was abusive towards my mom. It was abusive towards my siblings. We did not have the help like in the U.S. There was no child protective services, mm. no foster care, none of that. So we went through things and experienced things that if we had been in the United States, we would have been removed from the care of our parents. And uh, now doubt in my mind. And so... The way it affected me, I think that, was that your next question? How it affected me today? Can you repeat the question? Yes, how our past trauma affects, how do they show up in our present life and keep us from living with a fulfilled, um, peaceful heart? So the way it affected me was, it prevented me from really appreciating the current things in my life. Mm -hmm. It was difficult to appreciate my husband because mm -hmm. I would compare him to mm -hmm. my dad. Not because my husband was doing anything close to the things that I saw growing up. The opposite, he was kind, gentle, loving. Mm -hmm. But me not dealing with my own personal trauma I was doing a lot of projecting. Right. So I was just waiting. So my theme in my head was one day he will. One mm. day he will do this. One day he will do that. And so that affected me completely giving myself in my marriage because I was afraid really of if I do that, what happens if he all of a sudden turns and becomes the thing that, or the man that I don't want to be married to. Mm. It was a constant threat. Yes, 
Exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. I mean, he didn't even know he was a constant threat, but I felt like he was a constant threat, even though there was nothing he was doing that was saying he was a threat to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It is very interesting. And so how did your family adjust to your healing processes? I'm sure that was a you say it wasn't an easy process. Sometimes I'm sure it gets messy because when things come up, you know, what do you do with all these emotions? In order to heal, I think we have to go back to the moment where the trauma occurred, right? You have to go back to it, unfortunately, right? So it feels like you're living it all over again. But this time it's different. It's with the help of a therapist or whomever in your life that is helping you go through it. So how did your family, your children, your husband adjust to your healing that took 10 years, you say? Well, my mom, my siblings, I don't think it really, there was an adjustment for them because I wasn't constantly calling my mom and be like, oh, you did this, you did this. I think sometimes... I do think as we heal, we have to be careful in how we go back to people and then kind of dump on them. Well, you did this, you did this, or you did that. And how to communicate some of the things we experience in a way that's not shaming. And so, so I don't really think it affected them in any way, except with my mom, I will share with her some of the things that I was becoming aware of. And it allowed her to see little by little how it affected us growing up with a dad and in an abusive home. Therefore, I believe when I did give her the the manuscript to read, I believe she was able to have this clearer picture Mm -hmm. and then share what she shared with me. Mm -hmm. With my family, uh, my husband was super supportive. I was crying a lot. There's a lot of crying. Obviously, today, there's so many more ways to heal in that, those traumas and scars in your life. But at that time, for me, it was strictly therapy. There's no coaching, no grief coach, no trauma coach. It was, I was just going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of crying. And so he had to... Not that he had to, he chose to adjust to my process. Mm-hmm. He knew that I will need space. He gave me the space that I needed to work through things. He also was open to hearing how he was being a threat without actually trying to do that, right? How he was triggering me in ways that he had no idea he was doing that. And again, Simply by being married to a man was triggering. I mean, it was just <laughs> that mm. that simple, right? Mm. And so for him, he was super, I mean, when I think about this process and I think about the support of my husband, I'm completely blown away because here he is hearing the things that I experienced and knowing how these things could possibly affect our marriage and yet providing empathy and compassion for me in the process. Um, 
to me, that was priceless. And it's still to this day, as far as with my children, I believe what was helpful or how it affected them. I don't know if they will be able to say that, you know, um, I think you'll have to interview them to know that. Sure. But from my perspective, how it helped me in my parenting was understanding that each one of them have a little kid in them. Mm-hmm. And my therapy process really did not come into play in my parenting until my children got older. Mm-hmm. Then I was able to be empathetic to perhaps the things that I cost in them or the ways that I parented them that probably led to things that they have to uh, continuously work on in their life currently themselves. So I think going through this process in raising my children, it led me to be more humble as a parent, to know that I'm not a perfect parent Mm -hmm. and that just loving them is the best thing I can do and apologizing when I make mistakes. That is the... That is the best I can do. And I think this process helped me in that, in parenting my children. Hmm. And I see also that when we go through our own journey, we take the first step and we take ownership of our own life. And then we understand that everybody is responsible of their own, right? It takes a little bit of the pressure off, but you going through your journey and then sharing with your mother and your father it opens the door for them to go through their journey because hurt people hurt people. And so definitely your father had uh, also to reconnect with his inner child, right? He wasn't born abusive. Something yes. happened in his life that yeah. um, led to this. And so your decision kind of stopped the, that cycle, right? That keeps on coming back if we don't take steps of being aware and connecting. I remember at some point in the book, you mentioned that there was a very important session where the therapist asked you, what would your little girl, the little girl within tell you? How is your relationship with your little girl right now? How do you connect with her? Do you connect like on a daily basis? Do you have coffee with her? How does that work? (laughs) No, having coffee with her sounds fun. I'm going to have to try that. In the book, I do talk about that time of that therapy session that was really a turning point for me. Actually, the therapist asked me, what will I say to this little girl inside of me? Mm-hmm. And my reply was, we made it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, And I think now as I process what is happening in my relationship with the little girl in me, I think we went through a time where almost like I had to do some reparenting to the little girl in me, care for her, comfort her, sit with her. All of that was part of that healing process. Like we made it, we are okay. Uh, sharing for her as she worked through the pain that she had left, that she had left. Now this relationship has changed. Where before it was me giving her validation, me helping her to be strong, right? Now at this point, she's become a teenager with opinion, with dreams, with desires. 
And I'm like having to now hear what she's trying to tell me. Give her confidence. Give her validation. Yes, you can do that. Um, that may not be a good idea. <laughs> but mainly right now is Anastasia's allowing her to dream, allowing her to blossom and helping her to go, honey, it's okay. You don't have to play it shy. You can be all you were created to be, which, I mean, even as I say it to you, it makes me emotional, right? Because isn't that what we want to hear sometimes? Mm -hmm. You are okay to be all you were created to be. It's a little scary. She is speaking to me. And I am having to sit and be okay so that she lives a life where she looks back and don't go, well, I regret that I didn't do this or I regret that I didn't do that. So allowing her to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Our relationship right now may be a little rocky, but we are figuring it out. <laughs> That's so good. Well, it's very healthy. It seems healthy, yes. right? Because if everything was perfect or silence, yes. then that's when something's off, that yes. you're not communicating, you're not reaching out, you're not opening that window, that door for her to speak up. Yes. Wow, this is this is incredible. I'm I'm thinking of my own story and how, you know, that little girl was growing. And I feel like I had also recently an encounter with my soul. Um, so I don't know how that connects with the little girl, but it really feels like it was where everything is in its quiet, most purest form, the why you are here. And so definitely connecting. It's something that it is one of the, the biggest needs right now. People have so many ways to connect and yet they're still longing for those strong connections. And they may need to start with themselves, right? Within, how are they doing with that inner child, their own story, their own life? Sometimes we go on the outside to find the connection that we long for and we don't see that it all is here, right? The dreams, that little child is waiting to speak up mm -hmm. we need to allow her that's really cool so thank you so much for sharing your journey where could we find you now and continue on because there's so many things that I missed with your father and your own family and so many women where can people find you website do you have a Facebook uh, Instagram account yes no. I do have a website is Olivia Hudson Life Coach if it's okay, I would like to say something as you Absolutely. were uh, sharing. As you talked about connection, it's just something that resonated with me. And I do believe that we connect with ourselves. As we connect with ourselves, it allows us to connect with other people. Uh, because healing does happen in community, right? I do mm -hmm. I strongly believe that. But we have to recognize that we need healing. That's the very first thing. Recognizing that we need healing. Because then once we do that, it's amazing how the community begins mm -hmm. to really knows how to support you. And mm -hmm. I know for me, that was something that I didn't even realize was a need for me. I needed a community, a support. Mm -hmm 
to be able to find this healing. It started with the therapist, but then it went beyond even that. So mm -hmm. yes, you can find me, Olivia Hudson, lifecoach.com. And that is my website. I have a Facebook page. You can look me up, Olivia Hudson, and hope that this has been beneficial. And thank you again, Alexandra, for having me. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your vulnerability and for being available with me today. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. <laughs> I hope you found this episode helpful. Here are some takeaways. Sharing your story is an act of love. Our stories are not just meant for us alone. They have healing powers as we share them with others. Going through your own healing journey helps others to see their own need for healing as well. Writing down our own story is helpful to understand ourselves better and gain clarity about the various circumstances of our lives. The bad memories of our past tend to occult the good memories that we have, which is not helpful for healing. Unless we experience healing and become aware of our triggers, we keep seeing the present with the lens of the past. Just like Olivia's husband, offering space, empathy, and compassion while a spouse or a friend is going through healing can bring an enormous amount of support. We all make mistakes. It is important to keep loving and apologizing a lot. We are not perfect. Healing can stop cycles of abuse in our past. What would you tell your inner child today? You can be all you were created to be. Recognizing that you need healing is the very first step toward healing. And lastly, healing happens in community. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear from you, so please leave a comment and find me on Instagram at Alexander Graf Alvarez. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.